Hi, I'm Mephisto, and this is Creator's Corner, the podcast where I talk to streamers, YouTubers, and the like about creating their own content. Today, Final Boss TV, Adam, a.k.a. Bay, is on my show, and we talk about stuff that he's working on and stuff that he wants to work on and all that good stuff. Uh, in the middle of the podcast, there's a little bit of a jump because I had a little bit of a uh, Recording issues, but nothing gets lost in translation. Maybe just a tad. Let's have a listen. We are live. Good evening, sir. How are you doing? Good evening. <laughs> well, for you, it's good evening. For me, it is the right roaring 3 30 in the afternoon, which is not very many hours since I just woke up. So that's just sort of the, the that that YouTuber streamer life. <laughs> so we're at uh, creator's corner my podcast and uh we're talking to bay aka bay final boss tv and uh, i want to open up with a few things that i just grabbed from your uh from your uh website uh a few things about sure. final boss tv that you might have not known or not cared to read the thing on his website he is an oh. air force army brat He's been streaming since Swotor Beta. One of the people who inspired him is Mike B, a.k.a. Phony. And he had another YouTube channel that we shall not be named. Because uh, you didn't name it on your website. Uh, uh, is that? <laughs> my, my manager filled out my... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, blame it on, blame it on your manager or your agent. Yeah, it's your... her fault. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Mike B, aka phone. That's Zam.com early, early days, right? The uh, BFF report. Yeah, him oh. and Day Nine. Yeah, were big, big. The two pillars that really got me paying attention to content creation. And then I think I we have written down there. Yeah, Lethal Frag was probably my first broadcaster. I really watched much of at all. I think I'm probably still subscribed to his channel. Probably well over almost five years now. So. It it took me back when I saw the name. I was like, yeah, BFF report. I used to watch that too. I was like, wait, yeah. did did you watch any of the revision three guys? Like, um, what's uh the totally rad show maybe, or uh, I don't dignation. Think so no, Not yeah, I never heard of either of those. Oh I don't believe wow, in okay, um. So, when did you actually go into creating content? Which platform did you start in first? It was actually sort of a question I had to answer. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had to answer um, just recently. I had to dig back in and find out how long I've been broadcasting, at least. I was surprised to find out that even a grandfathered partner on the platform, my oldest highlights on my like branded Twitch channel on Final Boss TV are still actually there. So that was July 2013. My it was my first show on Twitch on that channel. But then I have my original Twitch channel, which is probably about a year before that. And then I believe my first YouTube videos I ever posted were around that time. So probably close to like eight years ago now at this point was Swotor beta stuff and I think Skyrim. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Well, oh, yeah, back in my old, old apartment back when I was in college for the... 
down here. Yeah, it's gonna be like eight years ago now. Um, I've did I did a little bit of background check. It was hard for me to find that old uh, old stuff like the Swotor beta stuff, but I did find right. the first video on your channel, which is easy. Just re reverse the things. And uh, it was episode zero of Final Boss TV. It yeah, was, that's, uh, on, it that's on the Final Boss TV channel. That's when I have, like, the there was the stage before, like, the official branded stuff came up when I was just myself, my own little entity, which in hindsight, I wish I kind of like, would have kept that going, but I think the rebrand and the focus was better. But, yeah, so that's... That's what you can see here, but there is another YouTube channel that goes back even farther. Yeah, I, I couldn't find that one. Um, yeah, no, no, I hope no one can. <laughs> <laughs> that that bad, huh? <laughs> it's just, you learn from your mistakes, and you will, you grow from that. Like, looking back at my old thumbnails, and this is, again, this is more than, more than half a decade ago, before I had artists, and before I've learned much of what I've learned now, and there is a very distinct growth i would say from then to now which is the whole point but yeah there is the internet likes to throw around the word cringe quite a bunch however this would be a high pinnacle of such things where i just oh what was i thinking uh, that would be interesting to everybody else but you i think but uh, likely, i know exactly yeah. what you mean i know exactly yeah. what you mean um so going back even further what was your background let's say video editing or videos in general have you studied it in college or anything so when i first started doing stuff my first little break into it was that i i did a like an application process for the star wars old republic the Bioware MMO, the beta for it. And I sort of used just like my, my I have a, a top raider in World of Warcraft, blah, 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 sort of linked my credentials back then because they were looking for a whole slew of different people from different games to come test out their game and fly people out to Austin, Texas, I think, where the, where the event was. And that was my first foray into meeting and bumping into people. I think there were some old vlogs that I made from back then from like my hotel room. And it's terrifying to look like my younger brother in those. It's it's really weird. But that was the first little bit. And at the time, I definitely didn't have the background I have now. So I have, since then, have a bachelor's in film. Uh, I graduated down here at Full Sail in Florida. And taking that film degree into the actual industry, I worked for Florida Hospital for about three and a half years or so through an internship, through a... Uh, a company that was a sort of a, a vendor for Florida Hospital, and then I got a job at a department within the actual Adventist Health System, where I was essentially a a one man production crew. So I would do producing shorts, I would do OR footage, I would edit, I would do sound, I would light the interviews with different doctors or different uh, sort of Chinese reps that were coming over from across the way, shooting different um, large scale productions two different varying degrees over time learning as I went because I was basically a one-man crew and that was three three and a half years or so and while I was doing that that's when I started building and creating the final boss tv stuff sort of on the side when the live show started and ever since I gotta check my tweet actually on my 
page here because I have it pinned. Ever since uh, March 2017, yeah, the pinned tweet on my Twitter page, that's when I was my last uh, work piece gig job with Florida Hospital. I've been online content creation ever since. Almost two years. That is, uh, that is, uh, really good. <laughs> I've been, I've been following your channel, I think, even before that. Cause I remember you said you're working at a hospital. Like, I could catch a few streams here and there because when I go to work, you're actually doing your night streams, uh, or finalizing your night streams. So I kind of catch you over there. Um, I, so I, I could, I, if I remember correctly, I, I was like working in a hospital and doing this. I wonder why, what is he doing? I mean, from the get go, I could see, uh, I don't know how to say it. Film school, I guess I, I could spot it because I didn't really go into film school, but I did learn. I, my major in high school was, um, film and screening and all that stuff. So I, I picked that up. Um, so now that you're a full-time streamer, tell me how, what's your like streaming setup? Do you use XSplit or OBS? What do you, what do you use? And like, what do you use for equipment that you like? So I'm actually fortunate to finally be coming around the corner and I got to give shout outs to uh, Wowhead and in the history in the past MMO champion and curse and then Elgato now I am sponsored by and with a potential one or two more on the horizon I feel like I'm sort of finally hitting a I know who to know or I've talked to who I need to talk to finally in this industry or this corner to sort of get those legitimate nails in the signpost of what the heck that I do online so I uh, I've been using for the the show itself and what I do online. I am definitely an XSplit nerd. I've had XSplit since it was when I started again almost eight years ago. OBS didn't exist. There was really no other option. So I've had a license with XSplit. Actually, I bought a lifetime license on sale years ago for probably a steal now compared to how the industry is blown up. But I run everything on XSplit. And I've been integrating Elgato products and hopefully some others in the future here. But I've been really using the new Elgato green screen a whole lot. They sent me a stream deck, which I haven't set up yet. I have a, a cam link that I can use now if I ever want to set up like a mobile rig to help me out with that kind of stuff. So that's really big. And then I don't know. The next, the, the big lofty goal is to get something with Canon because I am a complete Canon sellout for wow. cameras and stuff like that. So I would, that would be great. But I don't think we do anything with this realm. I don't, I don't hear of any broadcaster or YouTuber working with Canon because they're, they're way up there. Well, you never know. One day. All the, so, um, what's the line that I remember? Uh, the DLs or the DSs? Am I, am I talking to my, out of my ass here? Well, DSLR cameras. DSLR, is that what you're DSLR. Going for? Yeah. I'm uh, Canon for me is like the staple because my mom used to be really into photography, so she had ah. the old school film, you know, that you click. The, I don't know how far how far you go back where you click the the individual picture, and you got like uh, different perfect. lenses and different all yeah. the shutters and all that stuff. Are you for what I've 
what I've played with myself, nothing that I've always been digital photography. I would love to get into actual celluloid and film photography. However, that's that's probably it's day. a much well. I would say it's a much larger commitment to get into to try to get into that now and get a rig and get the gear to do it due to the fact that it's probably just way expensive and it's not anywhere near as rel relatively available as it used to be all those years ago so she told me that unfortunately she told me that um she's not really into it right now but she told me that because today you can get like for the same price you can get a really good like 4k 8k whatever k it is now um <laughs> yeah whatever k it is now get a good camera and a good lens and it's just as good and it coming from her it's uh yeah so um so just yeah, a back and forth on that but we're not that's not the point of this conversation so, yeah. exactly um so where did the idea of doing the end game podcast originate? Is it from yourself or you're bouncing off the idea for a few people or is it something out of the air, something? Well, so the original, what you're talking about here is the, the world of Warcraft end game rating show and what final boss TV originated as, and as that is slowly going to be branching away from only being specifically about world of Warcraft. So you have to have, you have to have your concrete base, right? Your foundation where it comes from, which is fine. But there are a lot of other either content creators or broadcasters or people that I've known in this, this wild world of online internet content production that I would like to just interview and talk to and then just speak with and have on my show and talk about whatever. So there is another, like the next phase of rebranding is being worked on right now and has been being worked on for a few weeks now between the artists that I work with. But the, the original, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Hopefully I don't get sick before I go. I'm actually heading to the, you may not know this already, but listeners might not. I'm I'll get heading to, to the, yeah, I'm heading across the country very soon. Well, across the world, across the pond. And uh, <clears throat> hopefully the allergies don't stick with me there. But I, uh, the original thing I thought was that there are other podcasts out there, and I had watched a bunch of Game Breaker TV back in the day. Again, shout out to Mike B. And there was a lot of, like, a group of people. And that's what makes a podcast endearing, though, is, like, the same two or three people that are talking every week that you like listening to. And that's fine. Kevin Smith's podcast now is really popular and those kind of things. I'm sure there's many, many more that are way more, way more done than mine. But those are also a podcast that you tune in to listen to those personalities or those characters, those, those people talk about whatever. But there was no one that I was looking at, at least in my realm, and at the time, this is still years ago before I had really branched out, was really World of Warcraft focused only. And that wasn't just a World of Warcraft news podcast or community oriented just like flatly like you know the blizzcon's coming up and these conventions are coming up and they've talked about this and whatever like that but i wanted to see if i could make something and it has hit or missed certain times depending on the guests that i bring on but a show that was almost like a conan o'brien of world of warcraft interview shows and not bringing on all these a-listers or other Twitch streamers or YouTubers, which obviously happens as well. Those shows do exist. But the main meat and potatoes is to interview the players, the theory crafters, the math crafters, the guide writers, the 
the top parsers, whatever you want to call them, right? These other people, these players in the game that aren't the in their own respected realm, the higher echelon, but less heard, I suppose, and to interview them and break down and pick apart and put together all the different ins and outs of either the class or spec we're talking about on the show, or recently we did the State of series, which was all about ranged DPS, healers, tanks, melee, and then Mythic Plus. So sort of broader topics, but then to, to get like these player perspectives and point of views and have them be, you know, the actors that are being interviewed by Conan or the the musicians or whoever, right? The celebrities. Yeah, the, the more that side of it. The more uh, in the trenches guys who right, that's a good way. Yeah, who who but do lead the charge within like, I get it. Um, yeah. so that was that was the goal. So so did you originate that and you were thinking mm, this is a podcast or this is a show, a TV show or or a talk show, or so that's or a... that wasn't really defined as okay. This is a podcast because it, it is was it was always tagged as just a live show it's simply because it's oh i know a lot of podcasts now have a video element even going to the also popular written link their ear biscuits podcast it's recorded live with three cameras and edited together so you can have a visual experience while also watching the show but it's not just a typical it's not like the standard or what you'd think of the typical style of podcast where it's only audio and it's kind of like produced and there are sounders and bumpers and those kind of things because I wasn't going to go that far with it. I wanted to keep it simple, you know, intro, outro kind of stuff with music and things. But then it's just, it used to be way more guide oriented and it was very much more like interview question answer. It's going to, again, keep evolving to be more of just a talk show where we bring up conversation points and have rants and bants and nonsense about openers or this kind of boss or this mechanic in this raid tier or whatever right so it's gonna be more of that with of course the guests focused on their their class and spec when they come on the show so that's sort of the the tier totter that it balances out around as we found out what works and what doesn't work so obviously it gets podcasted it gets mp3 and put up on my rss feed it's available audio only kind of a deal on three of the big podcast distributing platforms but i've always thought it was a live show that you watch on twitch first off then it gets archived and podcasted sort of after the fact okay so um moving on from that um and that happened quite after i started to like watch your channel and stuff how how did you make the decision about uh, branching out uh, and di diversifying your content. I mean, uh, I think you did a series with Heroes of the Storm, and you did. Um, I don't remember if that if that was you or not, because in my old age, it's hard. I did. I did. There was uh, a. Did you do something with Warcraft Three? Right. I have Warcraft. not done anything with Warcraft Three yet. I'll probably be doing Warcraft Three sort of playthrough when, when the Reforged comes. Yeah, out. the Reforged. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So how but, how did you make the decision about well look I I think this is working but I want to I want to branch out and do a little bit more diverse things or not just Warcraft all the time. That's the tough part too because the 
So the Heroes of the Storm series that I did that went through a few different iterations when the game was sort of more of in a booming state, unfortunately, is that it was actually a... It was an attempt to see if I could... And it was almost an exercise in learning how to, to talk about nothing or to talk about something specific and then bounce back and forth between talking about nothing and casting, right? So casting versus vamping and just sort of going off the cuff with things to sort of figure out as a broadcaster, running a show is different because you, you propose a question or the topic and then you chime in here and there, but mostly your guests are doing all the talking. But yeah. since I don't only do that and I also have my just live stream, which is arguably way more of the hours of the content that I make. Talking is a big part of the job. And that's sort of the, the nerdy one-liner that you say is that, you know, I talk for a living. But mm -hmm. it was just a decision. And some of those are different time frames. I was sort of trying to capture or amalgamate what Northern Lion does with his, like, Binding of Isaac series. But I just don't have the right brain for that and NL is just a very unique human being to be able to talk about everything and nothing at the same time and just have that weird encyclopedic photographic brain that just can recall and remember anything. So mine is a little more analytical and the the coin of phrase that I've had recently is the edutainment side of things which is education wrapped in entertainment because the games that I play and the content that I do I like to learn a lot about share that information, share the resources therein, and sort of guinea pig a lot of things. And then I always have, and ever since tagging became a thing on Twitch a little more uh, prevalently, which how you can look through channels, I've had the educational and AMA tags on any stream that I do because I feel that that's, I'm not putting on a show that ignores chat, that I'm being my own little entertainment thing. I like to help share information and figure things out together, which is here or there on the platforms overall, but that's sort of what I would like to to do or be known for, I suppose. I know a lot about this stupid game and the stupid games that I play because I get really involved in them, and I want to share that information I have with, with others. Awesome. Um, talk me through your transition into full-time content creator because uh, when you were in the early stages of the Patreon campaign, it was like, I want to make this uh, a new, uh, a job. I want to do this, and I've got these tiers. And once I hit uh, these these levels, this will happen, and this will go through the the Patreons. T talk me through that process, because I'm guessing I'm not at that stage where I want to do this as a living. I'm I have a job. I'm very satisfied very satisfied with it, but I do like to make my own content. So. Right. It's really scary thinking, well, now I'm just shutting off the money tap and I'm going out there. Doesn't, well, I had... doesn't really I happen for you, right? Oh, well, I had <laughs> things saved up for a little bit of time and I was lucky enough to have the support of my, my family. My mom and dad were behind the decision to change because of going from the hyper-accelerated college that is full sale, which is a, I got a bachelor's in two years, essentially. A little less than that. I think it was 22 months, 21 months, somewhere in there. Tough, and tough right, summers, right? It's, well, there was no th such thing. It's 24-hour <laughs> school, seven days a week kind of thing, and it's just a rotating schedule. So, I, I work at a, at a university, so I can see students oh. trying to finish their, just their master's 
and it's in research so uh, they're 24 7 no no holidays no saturdays no nothing yep yeah no that was definitely where i came from so in like the creative film world but the i don't really remember how it went all those years ago because patreon is a revenue stream for those that want to support beyond the you know watch videos and have ads on or subscribe on twitch kind of a deal that's fine but that is mainly a the additional buffer for the art that i put together that's one of the big things that i've gotten from the film world and the production side of things and has been increasing i think i'm sort of at a pinnacle we're hitting a stride with the way that our art looks and the media looks and sort of the branding kit, which is being finalized over the next few months here to sort of lock everything in. Uh, the artists that I work with and the kind of th the thumbnails we make or the presentations we put on or the graphics that we have involved definitely have taken a while to get to this point. But that's where a lot of that support goes directly is that the Patreon stuff goes directly to making the production side of things and sort of the YouTube revenue, which doesn't exist anymore because YouTube is awful and the algorithm hates me because I'm not a real YouTuber. <laughs> and mostly the Twitch support directly, the broadcasting support from streaming, that's what keeps me living and paying the bills and whatnot. So but the any... initial transition... I don't... So, sorry, hmm. go on. No, you're fine. I was the initial transition. I don't remember if there was anything that really stuck out as the, the scary part of it. Because I think a lot of it comes down to, I just, I knew I wanted to go into it and there was no reason just to not just try it, right? So I had, exactly. I had a buffer, I had a cushion as that's the technical term and I wasn't getting any younger. <laughs> okay. So. Um, okay. So let's go a little bit into... A bit of needy greedy. Um, how do you combine mythic rating and content creation? And do you like streaming your progression rates? Kind of a composite question, I guess. Yeah, I um I've been streaming all of this for a while now. Like I started with streaming Quotor. And my first like big foray into streaming World of Warcraft stuff was actually a segment that I had way back in the day on my old channel called the guild we made with a whole bunch of my friends and which eventually incorporated some viewers at the time was called regression, which was back in mop before cataclysm when we still had before oh, so cataclysm into mop, sorry, before we had the new talent system, mm -hmm. we had gone back and leveled brand new characters to 60 and did all the 60 raids in order and then leveled to 70 and did all the 70 raids in order, that kind of a deal that went to 75, whatever it was, did, did wrath all in order. Project and Project sixty seventy before it was a thing. It, it was very much before any of that was popularized by the new broadcasters because we did this way back in the day. But I was nothing back then, right? So it was our little thing we had back in there. But streaming the mythic rating is fine. I, I mean, I, I'm actually cutting and launching a YouTube video, uh, sort of in the background here, of my POVs of these encounters because I just have really clean. I record each of the encounters while I'm streaming them, so they're way better quality when they're recorded. They're not the stream quality stuff, but obviously it's still captured from live. But I turn off all the streamy stuff, so it just kind of has my overlay, and it's all really clean and boss title and that kind of stuff. And then I edit the intro outro just to make them cleaned up. But that's, again, 
showing information because even that and the UI that I've crafted in World of Warcraft has a whole lot of things to help answer questions and how large some elements are for readability and players to watch from the outside and go like, well, I'm struggling on this boss. Let me find resources to help with that. And you can watch a, a, an encounter boss video with some dubstep music on it or whatever, and you don't really get the full gist. And even a lot of broadcasters that just cut and highlight their kills and put them online aren't, like a lot of the stuff is still obfuscated. And I have a huge problem with that even in World of Warcraft itself. But so my UI shows everything that I could. You know, boss timers are really prevalent. You can see our RT note for how things are worked out. There is a very noticeable, all the raid cooldowns are there, damage going out. We got healing meters, got damage meters. Back to business. You were, yeah. You were Where on, were we, actually? Uh, okay. It was um, uh, cleaning up your UI so everybody could oh, uh, yeah. like hear, uh, uh, see I, everything. So you'll, you're explaining things uh, and making it clean and nice, even though you're actually streaming and raiding. So, um, right. I, yeah, I, that was pretty much the entail of that is that I, I hope that information that's on the screen and a bit more of a wider view, I try to like pan my camera because I'm a film nerd as well. A lot of my POVs aren't just like staring at a boss's legs kind of a deal. I like to try to like make sure that I'm doing what I need to do properly. And then I'll do a lot of sweeping motions with my camera to like sort of show the rest of the room where people are standing, where the range are standing, where the tanks are kind of a deal and sort yeah. of show that. Because you can watch a lot of videos and the camera just never moves or follows the one character that you're following. So yeah. I try to make it more of that I show what is happening, not only with the UI, but also with the way that I camera move during the encounter too. A little bit. It you know, I hope it helps a little bit. But um I'm gonna ask you again. I'm when I'm I don't stream a lot, but when I do stream, it usually is happens to be streaming my progression raid. And mm -hmm. when it comes to streaming a raid, it feels like there's not much uh, like audience interaction, I guess. I don't know how it is with you because I can't really catch your uh, your uh, progression raids. But um, I feel like there's so little interaction because I'm trying to concentrate, a, let's say, a boss fight or something. And I'm trying to listen to the raid leader and all that stuff. And it kind of gets lost because right. people don't really like to see other people's progression. I don't know. Because if it's not the race to, to world first, it's kind of, okay, I'm just going to log my game and I can do that. That's how I feel people watching me. Like two, three people and probably one of them is in my raid. It's... I guess it... There's a lot of different little points that go along with that because of, <clears throat> I think because of if you're either used to that sort of style or not, I, I've grown to separate the two that when I'm actually progressing, and this goes with both heroic and, and mythic for the first kills, is that even though I'm broadcasting at the same time, is that I sort of turn off the, the broadcaster part of what I do and I'll talk to my chat between polls or whatever. Right. But yeah, I'm mostly there to focus on the encounter at hand because it's way more interesting to watch. I think anyway, when I'm not derping and messing things up 
and standing in the bad and missing rotations and trying to do the best that I can DPS-wise because I'm a DPS player so that those watching can gather that, right? I'm not trying to be funny and silly and comical and do nonsense and have bants and rants while raiding. And that also comes down to how the UI looks too because I have two different versions of my layouts that have either art on it or less of the streaming assets on it for both heroic and mythics to set them apart a bit as well. Again, going back to the art and the production side of things that I've put together with the different artists that I work with, but it's just a different take, I think. It's sort of a different, again, a balancing act, a little bit more of a, uh, a teeter-totter between the broadcast on side versus the progression on side. And obviously I play all which other games that have nothing to do with WoW that are way easy just to talk about banter and be silly about doing so a balancing act all right let's uh step out of the let's step step out of the world of warcraft uh kind of sphere and we'll talk about who are the people who inspire you to do better entertainment wise maybe or something else but they have to be outside of the YouTube Twitch sphere. Um, film actors, other podcasters that do not deal with, uh, with I don't know, gaming, something outside of gaming, outside of WoW. Is there anyone who really inspires you to do better? That's the well, fourth person the- and the fourth per- person who gets stuck on this question. That's amazing. Well, I, the, the first answer that I think that would come to mind, which is probably because we're off the, the whole holiday trip situation, is probably just going back to my dad because he was in the Air Force. He was an orthopedic surgeon. He worked for the Pentagon. He revolutionized the air transportable hospital. He was part of the, the, the first respond group that was with the 9-11 uh, tax debacle horrible nonsense back in the day that uh and where he's gone with the the military sector of medicine to the public sector of medicine to now all the different hospitals he's in charge of and all the patient health and safety and regulations and things that he's worked on and built and the fact that he's gotten uh a business phd and a degree in Theology. I actually don't know what he what it's the, if it's a bachelor's or a master's level in theology. It might even be a master's because he's also a deacon now. All this stuff, like that's a huge just like outside of the realm. He's done all these things, and I'm just like I talk on the internet for a living. <laughs> so, but the work ethic, a, the work ethic. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit of the, the Air Force brat again <laughs> in me. And so, what about? On the artistic side, uh, you've studied film. Uh, anything that you like, see a uh, director or writing or something that makes you go, mm, I would like to not 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 copy, but like right. I would like to get take that and make something out of my own that can make maybe close to that or inspired by that take one thing and get it into my medium and do that a book could be i think there is 
Well, book-wise, it brings up James Gurney and Alan Dean Foster. I read a lot of the Dinotopia series way back in the day. Mm -hmm. I own probably almost every book in any of the printed Dinotopias. There may be more that I haven't seen in the past few years, but those two come to mind for probably the earliest, like, opening my imagination box kind of a deal. Just that that world and those stories have really been with me for a long time. I think I've already done a shout-out to Conan O'Brien earlier, but that's more of a show design point that I had. And then there's even there's a new show that I'm actually working on right now, which we're making the art and the music for, which is inspired by The Daily Show with Jon Stewart and mm -hmm. The Colbert Report with Stephen Colbert. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, again, satire, kind of pastiche, nonsensical, but also like real information kind of an idea. And that'll be veiled in sort of the gaming and World of Warcraft style that I am attached to. So that's in the works. Hopefully that can premiere in the next, probably hopefully a month after I get back from, from London here. Yeah. So, but movie-wise, I, mean, I actually feel like I defend... Man Made Moon, Duncan Jones, a lot with the Warcraft movie, just because I'm a film nerd and I went to the film premiere at the Chinese theater over in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it was it, my tagline for the Warcraft movie has always been that it's a it's a pretty great fantasy Warcraft film. Like it works, obviously. It's very pretty, it's shot well, it's very beautiful. The aesthetics, the the CGI is great. As a film, it's terrible. It's a bad <laughs> film. But it's a really I bad film. I think uh, if if we talk about it, I think it was um, it's it's a, kind of a DOA movie because they could never live up to, let's say, what, 14 years, maybe 18 years going back uh, in lore wise, even though back, yeah, right, right. back then it wasn't really real lore uh, as it right. is today. Uh, they had to there's there was no way they could pull that off not because it was um a pc game movie like uh i don't know doom comes to mind but um oh, right, right. because it it had so much history so it you can never please everybody so it, probably doa was wet wet well in china though yeah, but I, I, that's a that's a growing trend that movies are somewhat curated to be better in other countries now because of their growing population and people that care about Americanized films they get launched over there. Yep. So yeah, I get I get that for sure. All right, but what do you do when you don't sit by your computer watching three, four, five? I don't know how many uh, how many monitors do you have, but uh, what do you do to unwind? What do you do for fun outside of the house? Probably, maybe. Outside the house. That's actually the funny part is <laughs> I have a, a few friends and folks in the area that will randomly do something here and there. Uh, I actually went out a little bit last night just because I'll be gone for the upcoming 10 days or so. So just to do a little bit of something outside, but I think that I'm a bit of a workaholic and I probably put in 60 or so hours a week easy into broadcasting and prepping shows and working together with artists and making side content and working on the things that are in the pipeline right now, like the upcoming 
major sort of streaming event with a whole bunch of people involved that it's uh, the epic wow battles of history season two so that's on the horizon and there's a lot of little things that i'm working on and that sort of takes up a lot of my time i mean as a film nerd i used to go to out to the movies a lot but that's sort of hit or miss now because yeah. a lot of my extra free time that I sort of plan ahead to is to either go to a convention or sometimes I get flown out to somewhere, like going to Gamescom or going to PAX or going to TwitchCon or now going to the, the race to World First. So, do you like I, do you like doing these do outside, outside? Do you like doing these outside gigs where it's like a convention and it's oh, it's a good time to put some more content because I'm going to vlog this and give some information and news and what's happening and here and there. Do you like doing those things? I've done it a few times. I had a series called Bay's take, which a take is a film term for a, mm -hmm. a shot or a, a take one, take two, take three. Yeah. And I did that for, I think three BlizzCons in a row. But now as of last BlizzCon, I couldn't do that because I had a streaming slot and I had three interviews to do. I had a dev interview, I had a press meeting, and then I had two director interviews with both with Taryn Gregory and Mark Messenger about the new content that they released for the uh, the Lost Honor and the Terror of Dark Shore cinematics. So that's sort of what that's becoming now that I don't have time to like make separate outside like b-roll content unless i had like a film crew or something because mm -hmm. those are the main things i'm going to go do i'm going to do the interviews and do those those pieces so that's that's where more of that is coming from because again like my my earlier tagline is that i basically talk for a living yeah. so interviewing people and and going from there and that's sort of now i think the the path that i would like to to take in that regard because I'm not really a vlogger or whatnot. So and making those pieces was interesting, but I don't like slaving over editing a curated piece as much as I like trying to make something that's a little more organic. So interviewing and stuff like that. Okay. Um, okay. Doomsday has arrived and tomorrow while it explodes or implodes, uh, maybe going mobile. Do you have a phone, sir? No, I just get just uh, kidding. What happens if I have S nine plus? What happens if uh, WoW shuts down tomorrow? What do you do? So people ask that before too, and I think that's the slow evolution of doing things that are not WoW based. So obviously, WoW is a foundation that I've sort of grown upon, but I play a lot of Destiny too. I have my sort of side project indie games. I finally finished a full playthrough and defeated like all the major parts of a Darkest Dungeon playthrough. I even played that game since beta and I've been in contact and I've talked to Red Hook Studios before. They sent stuff out to their early like beta influencers. So I've had that little bit of nod to them and Anthem is out. I'm actually probably going to play a little bit of Anthem today before I get back to packing. Mm -hmm. And... There are other things that I would work on. I definitely feel like live service games or subscription-based games in that regard are definitely a thing. So but I think between Anthem, Destiny, Division 2 coming out, Cyberpunk 2077, these big long-form RPGs that I could sprinkle in, I'm still playing through The Witcher 3 two-plus years later. game just never ends for me the way that I play it. <laughs> it's just, it keeps going, 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 which is awesome, but... There's also, I've barely scratched Breath of the Wild, and that was a sub-goal. 
to play Breath of the Wild and even dress up as Princess Zelda, which is <laughs> not yet happened still. So I think I have plenty that I would do. And again, the show for Final Boss TV, specifically the actual live show, I want to branch that away from only WoW anyway, because again, there are other YouTubers or Twitchers that I like to just talk to about their jobs and how their goal, kind of like what you do with me, but obviously in a much more like nerdy, straightforward, we both do it kind of fashion. Yeah. And that's a goal. So I think it would be it would be a forced early step, but I think it's all it's a step that I've still been working on for a long time now. So, mm -hmm. so what's your plans for twenty nineteen? Like besides the besides besides what you shared right now, I mean, hmm. uh, anything you the like a goal that you really want to hit in 2019 sub goal switch goal whatever uh, oh, my... is it something concrete that you said okay this has to be done this year not even a digital goal the first thing that comes to mind is i've been trying to be more healthy myself and i actually get i still get comments randomly all the time about my weight loss which has been a crazy thing i'm already down 60 pounds and i still have about 30 35 more to go that's amazing, I wanna by the way. Be, I want to be... Thanks. I mean, it's just... I changed how I ate, and I tried to really stop eating after broadcasting until 3 or 4 in the morning. I'll eat, like, you know, fruit or something light or something like that. It's not a big deal. I've been working a lot. A lot of it really came to a head uh, a few years ago. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. She's fine. Caught it early. Uh, she's on hormone treatment. Whatever should be fine. Should be in remission and shouldn't come up again and anything like that. Mm -hmm. Human condition and all that freaking cancer but yeah we learned a lot about health stuff and changing how how you eat and i've got a lot more and it sounds so hipster but i've got a lot more plant-based and i don't miss it at all i've cut out a lot of dairy and processed foods from my life over the past two plus years and i already thought i ate pretty healthy before but once you really get into it it's definitely way more involved than you think i mean i cook for a living too and i've been working on like cooking more and learning how to cook more and different meals and stuff like that for myself, hopefully for more than just me eventually yep. and back to the workaholic stance. But that's the biggest goal this year is to get to the goal weight and sort of physical image of me, because I think it's, it was a trope at first that, you know, it's just like fat sweaty nerds in their mom's basement making YouTube videos. It's kind of like the, where it started out as, and it's eventually moved along from there. Just look at Bashira, for example. Bodybuilding.com sponsorship oh. and whatever. He's bridged the gap. What a beautiful man. Yeah. But so I don't want to go that far, but I just want to be more healthy than I have one. I have the energy to stream eight hours, 10 hours, and not be so exhausted afterwards that I just crash for way too long and waste time to start working on other things, which happens sometimes. But I think that's that's the main goal. Subscriber stuff, digital number wise, my original idea with 2018 was to hit 100K. YouTube subscribers, because I've, my YouTube channel has been out for many years, but because it's sort of an archive, and I don't curate content for it specifically, which again is the new show that I've been working on for a while now. Mm -hmm. It's And it's declining. I'm actually in a weird state of sort of trolling myself quite often that I've, because I think I cover World of Warcraft so much, and because I'm not this dramatic, over-the-top, mostly negative grumpy gamer about the state of the video game that everyone apparently plays and the passion is obviously there across the community i get it 
I sort of feel myself as more of like a positive contrarian to it. But I've been losing YouTube subs. I've been losing Twitch followers. I've been losing uh, Facebook likes. I've been losing Twitter followers. But those are just numbers, really. The people that want my content are still around and still supporting what I do. That's why I'm still in business. So that's fine. And other than that, hopefully to keep doing this in the first place, right? I think any Twitch streamer or YouTuber always have in the back of their mind that this could just go away tomorrow. Of course. Which is potentially, even though Twitch is, you know, global and gigantic now, but obviously they're a very, very large fish and I'm a very, very small fish. So, so again, little balancing acts between the two and trying to figure out where to go, where to branch on. And again, that's where like the sponsorship deals and sort of getting in well with companies that can help you keep creating what you want to create is really important. And then of course, essentially Wayne's world style selling out to a degree because you <laughs> have to to keep making business and keep staying in business. It's like people always uh, give you something to, yeah, I remember that line. Wayne's world two or one. Oh, but the, the, the sellout, the, scene, the sellout, so yeah, good. the sellout yeah. scene, yeah, one of one of the greats. Uh, well, we we could have uh, talking about diets for hours, I think, because I'm in the transition of uh, not only doing it myself is um, right. seeing example for my kids and maybe for my wife, but she's a battle axe. Well, that's another story altogether. Okay, uh, we're almost at the end, actually. Um, and at the end, I want to hit you with a questionnaire. Uh, do you know the actor, actor studio, right? You have to know the actor studio. James Lipton? I believe so. Wasn't that sort of a precursor to like masterclass stuff? It was it many uh, years ago? It, it's I think it I think it ended, but it was on for like twenty years or something. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, yeah okay. from yeah, yeah. late '90s. He, uh, James Lipton, uh, just hosted actors and directors, and he talked about the craft. Uh, and he had a questionnaire that he stole from a guy called Bernard Pivot, uh, a French talk show host in um i think it was something to do with culture anyways uh quick fire questions and uh, we'll see how this takes us right so sure bay what is your favorite word uh squeedly spooch awesome what's your least favorite word Uh, viable. Mm. What turns you on creatively? Probably clean art design and the aesthetics of the ever-changing media world, just seeing what... I work with so many different artists. It's yeah. like three or four who I work with and seeing them all sort of clash, but then all eventually do like the same thing, even though I don't tell them what the other person's doing. That's funny. Just trends. Media trends is funny. Media and film trends, the 20-year cyclical cycle of 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 culture, I guess. Movie remakes. It's always kind of funny. So what turns you off? It's like, uh. Uh, 
probably internet toxicity for no reason and people just being mad to be mad. I actually had a few like quasi-viral from my outreach uh, images and tweets recently that I thought were pretty funny that uh, had a very unique approach to those that either really enjoyed the jab or were really mad at me for making it in the first place. <laughs> but I think it's funny, but at the same time, the reason why it was funny is because it's stuff that I don't like. And it's just people that are mad about video games to be mad when we literally live in a cornucopia of amazing video games right now. Hmm. But, oh. What's your favorite curse word? Because I never hear you cursed at all. Oh, I... I have fake curse words, so I say heck and frig and frick and frack a lot. Like the curse word from BSG. Yeah. So the, that TV appropriate curse word because it doesn't mean anything, even though well, fracking is like oil mining or something, whatever. Yeah. So what's uh, your favorite curse word? I like actual curse word. I don't know if yeah. if I really have any attraction to any of them, really. Yeah. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Sound or noise? Yeah. And cliche answer is the stirring of macaroni and cheese, I suppose. All right. Or popping bubble wrap. Or Sounds good to me. That's fine. <laughs> What sound or noise do you hate? You can be cliche as you want, but sound or noise that when you when you hear it is like fuck um damn this is the kind of questions that actually make me um because i don't usually ever do that because my brain is have to like access all its nonsense that's i what... actually don't really care i don't i don't i don't care much like people always say like nails in a chalkboard is awful it doesn't do anything to me i doesn't no issue with it at all but it's uh probably off rhythm tapping to music because I was a musician in a past life. Mm -hmm. So I know and understand rhythm and hearing. It's unfortunate if people can't get the rhythm, but that, that might be what it is. Okay. Like off tempo tapping to the songs and stuff. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? So nothing in the Not film industry then is what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, it would probably be culinary. It'd be food. It'd be cooking, most likely. Learning how to cook and like, not to be a chef, but to be chefy. I would oh, say, yeah. Okay. Uh, what profession would you not like to participate in any case? Like, I wouldn't want to be fireman. Oh, that's actually interesting. So I wouldn't want to work in food ever again. Ooh. So, which is kind of a, a back and forth. I want to know how to cook and be chefy and know like what works with what and how to make deals and stuff like that. But I would not want to work in the actual commercialized food industry. I did that before when I was younger quite a bit and never again. <laughs> If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Hello, fellow gamers. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. That's a uh, great just... answer. And we'll wrap up with this one. All That's right, babe. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me on this lovely, lovely Saturday evening. And I wish you well uh, and success 
uh, in the every venture you go through, uh, plus the recent success with the that London trip you're having. It's uh, it it would be interesting yeah. to say the least, cause uh, it, it it's Mike. <laughs> well, it's it's actually funny. It's Hopefully, not... we'll have some segments together because I'm only gonna get to see him a little bit when I'm there. I don't know which shifts. Yeah, yeah, I don't know which shifts they give you, so the interaction right. would be interesting. It would be interesting. We we need a segment or two together, cause a it would. Oh man. It would be entertaining. That's that's to say the least, I think. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate it sitting down. This was fun. Hopefully I've answered enough and hemmed and hawed about enough things to divulge. I, mean, I don't really have anything to hide, so it, but I definitely appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. It's okay. It's talking about the business. It's fine with me. That's uh that's the whole point of Creator's Corner, to talk about the business. All right, awesome. man. I'll uh, see you when I see you. Good day.